is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline, and today I want to talk about breaking a bad habit. This is a really, really important topic because I know, you know, beginning of the year, we're still in that mindset of like, okay, cool, you know, I really want to get my life under control. I want to change a bunch of things, which I like, I think that's a great thing. I I'm not someone who's against changing your life, obviously, but I just want to help you go about it in a way that you're actually going to be able to stick with it. Um, I know for myself, the reasons I picked like all or nothing plans, like whole 30 or 100 day running streaks was because I just thought, you know, I really need to discipline myself. I'm not sticking with things. This is the thing that's going to make me, um, disciplined, actually stick with it. And I did for the 30 days or I did for the hundred days, but then it, it didn't last. Uh, and I went right back to my old bad habits of being pretty, uh, lazy, not being very active and also eating a lot of processed food, um, eating a lot of sugar and just kind of going off the rails with that. So what I want to talk about today is breaking a bad habit. And I want to give you a little bit more insight into why these things happen and give you some control, give you some insight so that you can start to figure out your life and you have control over um, these bits and pieces. So breaking a bad habit. So the first thing that I want to talk about is, this blew my mind when I learned about this, but the reason you do the habit, it's not actually about the thing that you're doing. I know this sounds, uh, probably not saying this right, but like you do the habit because you're craving a change in your internal state. So when you go and um, eat potato chips, yes, the potato chips are delicious and salty and whatever, but you're craving some sort of change in internal state. So that might be that you're bored and you're looking for some source of entertainment. So you turn to potato chips or maybe you are sad and you want relief from that sadness, sadness, you want it, you are craving a change in your internal state. So you turn to potato chips. Okay. So if we want to break a bad habit, if you want to stop being a boredom eater, or you want to stop being an emotional eater, um, or maybe some, some other examples, non-food related, you want to stop scrolling on your phone so much, or you want to stop laying around so much. These are bad habits that we all have fallen into. But if you want to break that bad habit, the first thing that you need to do is make sure you have a solid aspirational identity. So then when it comes down to the time when you realize like, oh my gosh, I'm about to eat 18 million potato chips, you're like, oh shoot, that's right. I'm working on being this different, a different person. So I need to like mindfully, intentionally make the decision uh, to stop what I'm doing or do something different. And then that's the other thing is you need a different response. You need a new response ready. So when you're bored and you turn to eating potato chips and you realize like, you realize, oh shoot, I'm only doing this because I'm bored. I'm not actually hungry. I, I need something else to relieve this boredom. I need to have something else to do. Um, I am a big fan of harm reduction instead of abstinence. Um, I, I don't believe that if you are bored, that you should never be able to get to eat fun food or that you should just have to sit there in your boredom and never do anything. So when I say harm reduction, um, we're going to reduce harm instead of just completely wiping it out. So reducing harm could be, um, having a single serving portion or picking something else that's not as 
harmful. It reduces harm. Um, you're still getting some sort of pleasure or satisfaction from it. Um, and I'll give some examples in a little bit how I've used harm reduction instead of just abstinence. And it really, um, it really helps. It has helped me so much, especially, so now I'm not like white knuckling through things. And I've actually, um, I get to do something that feels good. Uh, so yeah, let's, um, let's jump in. So the, I have a diagram up here and I'll, will I will post a, a picture of it as well. So if you're listening to the podcast, you can see this picture, but this is from James Clear. This is from Atomic Habits. And when a habit is happening, there is a cue. So something obvious, something's happening. Um, and then it triggers a craving. You're craving relief from some sort, some uh, negative emotional state or internal state. You perform a response and you get a reward. A reward, um, it's like, ah, yes, I've gotten relief from this craving. So let's uh, let's pretend that you're bored and you see your phone. Your phone is the cue that's like, ah, we can get some entertainment. We can get some relief from this boredom. All you need to do is open up the Instagram app or open up the TikTok app or open up the Facebook app or open up the Pinterest app or open up the whatever. You can get some relief from this boredom by opening that app and then you do it. We've all done it. And we're like, ah, oh, yes, I've gotten relief from this. Um, you know, I've gotten some sort of entertainment. It usually doesn't feel that great because now you're on your phone for like a half hour. And you're like, shoot, what just happened to my life? So if that's your bad habit is constantly checking your phone, you have some options. You can move your phone. Make the cue not as obvious. Don't have your phone right next to you all the time. 10, 12, 15 years ago, we did not, we were not so addicted to our phones. We were, we did not carry these tiny little computers with us everywhere we went. Um, so if we were able to live that life then, you actually can live that life now. It just takes the mindfulness and that decision. Like, you know, I no longer want to be that person who's constantly checking their phone. I'd like to be someone who can mindfully have a conversation or someone who is present in their body and not constantly staring at a tiny screen. Okay. So that's solid aspirational identity. So now when you are bored um, and you, instead of seeing your phone, maybe you see um, a coloring book. Uh, You see a coloring book. This has been so great for me. Like this is my bad art journal. This has been going on since the beginning of the pandemic and it's been really great. So when I am bored Instead of going and opening my phone, instead of um, oh, make sure <laughs> instead of opening my phone, instead of clicking over onto Facebook or another app, another social media app, I grab my markers and I just doodle and I color. And there's no that doesn't need to be good art. This is my bad art journal. But I so my my response is very simple: workbook or a yeah, book, markers, color, whatever. Nothing needs to be perfect. And now I've gotten relief from this craving. I've gotten relief from the boredom. So that is harm reduction. I'm not just sitting there. I'm not, it's not um, abstinence. I'm not just sitting there like, oh, don't do anything. Just sit here. Don't do anything. Um, I'm still getting relief from that boredom. And this has been really great because this, I mean, like, (laughs) this is like a big issue that I used to have when it came to creating podcasts and uploading them, it was like anytime I was bored for a millisecond, I would click over and be on my phone right away. And then right, like four or five minutes go by. 
Um, and so this, this process of like getting the podcast together, it does take some time because I have to piece the music together and whatever. It does take some time, but it's like, I would get so carried away being on my phone that this process would take even longer. And then guess what? I didn't want to do it. It became this big hassle. I didn't want to put the podcast together. Um, and I would get confused about the different steps. So now it's like having, um, having something like the bad art journal, Oh, that was a fun one too. <laughs> Having something like this, um, I'm still getting the relief from the boredom, but I'm not getting tied up in that thing. So I've broken a bad habit of being on my phone constantly. I've supported a new aspirational identity, which is I want to be more creative. I want to do more fun things. I want to actually live my life and not just be someone who's um, consuming other people's lives. I want to create my life and not just consume other people's lives. Um, doesn't mean that I'm never on social media. I am. It's just that, again, harm reduction. I have periods in my day where I allow myself to go on there, but I have that, those stru- that structure and um, boundaries. Um, another one that I hear from a lot of people, especially right now during the pandemic, is you're bored or you're overwhelmed. Let's do that one. You're overwhelmed. You're doing work stuff. You're kind of just stressed out. And you look up and you see the kitchen. The kitchen is right there, right? Because we're all working at home. We're all like five feet away from the kitchen. Um, Oh my gosh, when we lived in our studio apartment, we were in our kitchen. Our living room was our kitchen, right? But you're overwhelmed. You're stressed. You, You want relief from that overwhelm. You want relief from that stress. You see the kitchen. You're like, ooh, I can just go walk over there and open a bag of chips or cookies or whatever, and I'll get relief from that boredom, relief from that stress, relief from that overwhelm. Um, Again, harm reduction, what can we do? Okay, cool. Uh, if, if, if not being three feet away from your kitchen isn't a possibility, some things that you can do to break that bad habit of that board meeting or that stress eating. One, you could have healthier foods there. Two, you could reduce harm by allowing yourself to still have some cookies or still have some chips, but like maybe it's a single serving bag of chips. Maybe it's a single serving bag of cookies. I've had clients who no longer buy the big packages of chips, but only buy the single serving bags. Or when they buy the package of chips, they put the chips into um, little Tupperware Um, Don't use single serving plastic, (laughs) Um, but they put it into Tupperware. So now it's like already set out. So like, ah, I would like something a little bit fun. I'd like some relief from this boredom. I'd like something a little bit fun. Oh, okay, cool. I am allowed to have some chips. I'm just not going to eat all of the chips. I'm going to have some chips without eating all of the chips. Ah, look, this single serving of chips has relieved that boredom. I got a little bit of fun into my life, right? Reducing harm instead of abstinence. Um, uh, oh, here's another one. Uh, you get into a fight with your spouse and you see the freezer and you know, there is a package of ice cream in there. And so you learned in the past, like when you're angry, turn to ice cream. So again, you are craving relief from that anger. You don't want to feel angry anymore. You want to feel happy and comforted and just like fine, right? So your response, you go and get the ice cream and you eat it. And then you get a little bit of that comfort. Uh, But 
for most people, when I talk to them, the ice cream, it's not just a couple of bites. It turns into the whole pint and then it goes overboard. So again, the response, you can reduce harm. You can buy single serving packages of ice cream. You can allow yourself to have the ice cream, but scoop it out and you have a small cup. And that's just it. That's you are only allowed to eat from that. You are no longer a person who binge eats an entire pint of ice cream or an entire gallon of ice cream. That's just not you. It's just not something that you do. So that solid aspirational identity really comes in hand because, I mean, the thing about being an adult is you don't have a parent above you or a boss at home telling you what to do every minute of your life. So you have to be that adult for yourself. You have to be that parent for yourself that's looking out for you and setting boundaries up. No one's going to do it for you. No one is coming to save you. You can work with a coach, a personal trainer, a therapist, whatever. But like at the end of the day, it comes down to you and your decision-making. And it's like, cool, you know, I no longer want to be this person blank. Um, that's how I stopped uh, the the crazy eating. I no longer want to be a person who can't be trusted around food. I no longer want this for myself. I would like to be trusted around food. I would like to just be able to have some pizza without and eat, you know, eating all the pizza. That was my aspirational identity. Um, going back to, so like you get in a fight with your, your spouse, you're angry, you eat the ice cream, you're relieved for a little bit, but if you go overboard, it doesn't feel so good. So maybe your response is having the small cup. Maybe your response has nothing to do with food. You realize, interesting, I'm not actually eating ice cream because I want ice cream. I'm eating ice cream because I'm angry and I want some relief from that emotion. Okay, cool. There are some options. You can do some breathing techniques. You can get some deep breaths in. You've noticed like when you're super angry, you're, you're having really shallow breaths and it's getting you even more angry. You can do some deep breathing exercises. You can use, I love using Headspace. I use that with my clients. Um, they have a free two-week trial. You can grab the Headspace app. Um, you can also go on to YouTube and just type in like one-minute meditation or three-minute meditation. Um, you can sit there and you can angry, like angry journal. What's going on? Why are you so pissed off? What does your spouse do? Or what was the misunderstanding? Oh, that makes me think of um, the Brene Brown. Um, the story I'm telling in my head is blank. Maybe that thing that you're so angry about was a misunderstanding or maybe it was an overreaction or, right? There's so many different things besides eating pints and pints of ice cream, gallons and gallons of ice cream that usually just makes it worse. It's not even, a, it's not even giving you that real relief that you're looking for. It's that temporary relief. And now you're mad about that thing with your spouse and you're also mad at yourself because you did this again, right? So you have to you have to have a couple of different options, but that's the thing is like have a solid aspirational identity and you need to know your response. You need to have your response ready. I am big on having responses on cards. Like I, this, these are my uh, mindset direction cards. I'm big on writing these things down. You know yourself best. And if you get to this like irrational headspace, maybe put it on paper and it, and it can be, I think about it in an elementary school classroom, like when I am angry, I will blank. That's something that a five-year-old um, has on a card. And unfortunately, a lot of us didn't grow up with um, learning about emotions and how to respond to them. So we need to teach ourselves that. Um, I think it was Jensen Chero. It was someone that said, like, it's not your fault if you're effed up, but it is your fault if you stay effed up. There are so many resources out there. Um, so if you don't make the decision like, ah, you know, I no longer want this for my life. I'd like something different. Like, that's on you. But there's there's tools. <laughs> there's tools. Um, 
Oh, this is a good one. Um, you see the scale in the morning and it triggers this craving, this curiosity of, you know, what's on, what number is that? Am I worthy? Um, is my, is my weight? Okay. So you get onto the scale, super easy, right? And your reward is now, you know, there was this questioning of like, what does the scale say? Um, curiosity. Um, and now, you know, the reward is you found out that information. I find for a lot of people, this isn't actually all that helpful for them. Um, I don't get on the scale every day. I don't need to know what the scale says. What I need to know is that I'm showing up for myself. And so break a bad habit. You can move the scale, uh, put it somewhere else. You can remind yourself that you are a healthy an active person who cares for their body and you don't do things that you wouldn't want for your young daughter or your young niece or granddaughter or student or whatever. So the scale is just going to go somewhere else. And then when that curiosity of, hmm, I wonder how I'm doing, am I doing okay? You're like, oh yeah, actually I've been keeping an evidence log of how great I've been doing. And I've been using my 365 habit tracker. Um, so my response is not going to be to get on the scale. My response is, let me go and see how often have I been doing the good habits. So break a bad habit, start a good habit. How long have I been doing the good habits? Am I showing up? Am I doing the things that are going to uh, guide me to the life that I actually want to be living? N- getting on the scale, it's not helping you. <laughs> it's not. It really, really is not. But yeah, so how do we break a bad habit? You really want to, I mean, there's you definitely check out the Q craving response reward, check out atomic habits. But I think the biggest things like you need to have a solid aspirational identity and you need to know like, okay, cool. I'm doing this thing because it's changing my internal state. It's giving me some sort of awareness. It's giving me some sort of reward. Um, there's something else that you can do to get that reward. Um, and, but yeah, it's got to, you got to connect back to the aspirational identity because when you're in the moment, you've fallen through, you've done this uh, going through the Q craving response reward over and over and over and over again for years, possibly even decades. So you need to, I would say, write this stuff down and ha- like get in here, like do this work and go through like, oh yeah, she's right. I do always eat or stop at McDonald's. Uh, this is what I used to do. I always stop at McDonald's on my way home when I've had a bad day because McDonald's is my only source of joy. And maybe there's something else I can do for a source of joy. So that's actually, that's interesting. Um, let me go back. I used to stop at McDonald's because it was my only source of joy. And then, you know what I started doing? I started running. I started running and that gave me a source of joy. And it also gave me purpose. <laughs> McDonald's French fries did not give me purpose running um, and being outside that gave me purpose. And it gave me a lot more, um, it was a lot more joyful and it was just like contentment, I guess. Yeah. So those are my tips for breaking a bad habit. Figure out the good habits that you want. Figure the aspirational identity, who you want to be today, this year and beyond. Um, let me know in the comments, or you can send me an email at coach Jacqueline at Jacqueline, Let me know what was helpful. What are you going to implement? What are you actually going to do? So we're not just consuming, um, more information and then just letting it sit there. It only becomes a part of your life when you decide for it to become a part of your life and you do something with that information. All right. Take care.